Father in heaven, we just want to thank you once again this morning, even, even as we are here in your house, Lord. We've already worshipped, Lord. You've heard our worship. You've heard our prayer. And now, Lord, we want to listen to you. We want to give you our undivided attention. Not to the words that man speaks, but to the words that are inspired by your Spirit. For you said, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. God breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and this is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That a man of God will be thoroughly equipped, ready for every good work. And therefore this morning, Lord, speak to us, equip us, Lord, strengthen us in our faith. Empower us in your spirit. Anoint us to hear, to listen, to obey, and Lord, and to overcome. We thank you, Lord. We come at this time into your hands. And we want to exalt your holy name. We want to exalt your word. And we want to declare that Christ Jesus have the preeminence in all things. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name, amen. We've been looking at blessings and curses, and uh, this this was this was one truth which um, which I took considerable amount of time to to understand um, because um, I was I was of the misconception that the moment you're born again, you're already out of the curse. I mean, it's all done for you on the cross and you don't have to worry about curses. You see, if you look at the New Testament, uh, I was listening to one man of God. He made a very interesting observation. He says, the new covenant is like precepts, ordinances, doctrine that has to be lived out for a believer to walk in victory, to walk in obedience, the necessary truths that he has to understand is the new covenant for a new covenant believer who's entered, who's born again. If you look at the old covenant, and we look at the old covenant from the new covenant mindset, it's got to do with diagnosis. You'll see different characters, and if I mean Jesus himself says, all the scriptures point towards me. So if you read the scriptures. We need to have this paradigm. It's talking about Jesus, talking about his work, his work of salvation, and he's talking about a believer who is in Christ. Both are applicable. And if you look at the old covenant, it gives you the specifics. It gives you the diagnosis, because every one of us come from different backgrounds. It gives you exactly where you are going wrong. Now we have... uh, one of our uh, teachers who come, who are, who's in our school, she does what is called a scoring violation. Okay. And her husband is a doctor. So she has got prescription slips. And when, whenever she does the scoring, she writes the prescription slips on the, on the pace and gives it to the students. I, I found that very interesting. I said, you know what? <laughs> She's doing a diagnosis and telling you where all the mistakes are. No? Uh, so 
that's how God also is. I mean, if you read the new covenant, old covenant, it gives you a diagnosis. Diagnosis. And when you look at all the characters in the old covenant, according to scriptures, it says in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, all these things have been given for our learning so that through the patience and the endurance that scriptures give us, we might have hope. Patience and endurance that scriptures give us, we might have hope. That's the ultimate aim. So when we read through the Old Covenant, he's talking about scriptures, of course, he's talking about the Old Covenant, the Old Testament rather. And when we read through scriptures, we see different paradigms, we see different people. And through their lives, we see, and when we relate ourselves, we see what was their problem, what was the spiritual problems that they were going through and how they overcame or how they got defeated. And we learn from both. So when we come to the instruction of the word, therefore, whom are we instructing? And what is the primary target of the instruction of the word of God? I mean, if, I mean, I've been in the church for a while before, before even I was, before even I was called even to share the word. If I was, a, if I'm a member of the congregation, I mean, if I'm, I'm among you, I want to understand when I'm coming to the, to the, to the ministry of the word, what is the primary target? What is the focus? To whom is the word speaking to? Whom, to whom is it, is he addressing? So let us look at some scriptures and I, I want to put this in perspective and I want to go to the specifics today. It's in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. This is what our position is in Christ. Look at what it says. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Where? In Christ. That is what the believer has been given. The moment you're born again and you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, you have potentially and positionally, I want to, I want to use these words, Positionally and potentially, you've moved out of the realm of curses into the realm of blessings, both spiritual and primarily spiritual and also, which is going to be um, manifesting itself in the physical as well. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, known verses, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. What love? Great love. You know, he looks at um, Paul when he's writing um, um, this, this epistles. He falls short of language because he wants to express God in some magnificent ways. But then, you know, he's not able to do it. Uh, now, is, now, now unto the one who is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. You see, it's like superlatives. Superlatives upon superlatives he keeps using. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And it goes on to say, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ where we have all the blessings. This is positional and potential. The potential of every believer. The wildest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus, the pardon receives. He loved that song. The wildest offender or the wildest person who has been defeated in his life, who truly believes, can overcome the wildest and the most wicked temptation, the wicked sin, all the problems that he's facing through because he's in Christ and God has given him what? 
all spiritual blessings in heavenly. This is potential. So, the instruction of the word. To whom is it addressed? Okay. Whom am I talking to? Or whom is, he, whom is the Lord talking to? Who is the person who is going to who's going to receive this instruction and what he's, what he's supposed to do. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 4. There are two people inside of us. Okay, Biggest problem is not the devil nor the world. There's one guy who's there. He's called the old man. He's very old. Okay, Like Pastor said, he's born recently but old Adamic blood. Ancient blood flowing through his veins. Old man. Okay, That old man, that is... The, the message is targeted to the new man so that he can crush the old man. That's the point. He can overpower. The message is targeted to feed the new man so that he can be strong enough to overcome the influence of the old man. You understand? That is where you, that is how we have to look at, no? All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Inspiration means God breathed, it's been given by the Holy Spirit. And it can be only received by those people who are born of the Spirit. And who is that person who is born of the Spirit? Is a new person who is born again in Jesus Christ by the Word, by the Spirit. That person receives, it's sweet, it's like sweetness to him, it's honey. It, he enjoys, that's the reason why it says in uh, 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 1 Peter chapter 2, he says, like newborn babies crave for the pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Okay. If you've tasted that the, and the old man doesn't like God, the new man loves God. He's like Ezekiel, right? Ezekiel is given this scroll to eat. And what is in that scroll? Lamentations. Oh, I mean, how many of you love to read Lamentations? On both sides of the scroll. And he says, son of man, I've placed before you, eat it. What is there? Promises, blessings, prosperity. No, 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 no. <laughs> Lamentations. Oh. And then he starts eating it and he says, boy, it's honey to my lips. I'm enjoying it. How can this become so sweet to him? Because he's a person, he's a, he's, he typifies a new covenant believer who enjoys the word of God. And then he says, son of man, eat what I've been given, what I've given to you, digest it, and now go and prophesy to those people. If they will hear, or if they don't hear, doesn't matter. You go and preach. Simple. See? See, that is the reason why the, the so, why, why am I saying in the context of what we have heard over the year, over the last two weeks? You have blessings and curses. Blessings are not upon the old man. You need, to, you need to understand that. It is not upon the old life. Okay. Somebody said, I think it was um, Rajkumar Ramachandran who made his fired up statement. He said, lot of believers have new birth but old growth. New birth but old growth. So the entire word is given to the new man so that he by the spirit can put to death the deeds of the body as many as are led by the spirit to put to death the deeds of the body are called what? The sons of God. These are the people who are born of God. So the entire teaching is given to the new man to strengthen him, to, to, to boost up his faith and strengthen him spiritually so that he has got the authority to now to speak to the old man and shut him up. You know, once and for all. Hopefully every day. Yeah. So 
Ephesians chapter 4. This gives you this contrast. But you have not so learned Christ. Who is this you? The born again you. Whom are you learning? Christ. What are you learning? And the word for Christ is very interesting. Christ means the anointed one. Messiah. The one who has been anointed. Okay. And no, therefore we have an anointing. Which is teaching us. So all my children will be what? Taught of the Lord. And great will be the peace of our children. Right. And all of God's children will be taught of the Lord. So that anointing. If indeed you have heard him. And have been taught by him. So I'm not the one who is teaching you. Even the words that I'm speaking to you, hopefully the Spirit is taking every word that I'm speaking to you and making it relevant to every situation. See, that is how I've been, I have been trained in my mind, no? Problem, solution, result. Problem, solution, result. So when I come to, come to, come to, uh, church, these are the problems that I have. What is the solution that God is giving? God is giving me, let him, let me go and apply. And you know what happens when I apply? It works. You see? And when you don't apply, (laughs) you see, you can know a lot of theory. Lab is a different ball game altogether. If you come to our lab, there is a lot of waste than things which are working. You come, it's like a bunch of pile of debris. <laughs> what is a debris? All robots which didn't work. Okay. Sometimes we get robots from outside. We don't know how to run it. <laughs> so we construct the whole thing. We have our own theories. And then we try to apply that fallibly flying in all different directions. So we have a theory. And we apply it and it is not working. What happens to our area? This does not work and... I mean, just, so a lot of believers are like that. You've been given theory and you take the theory, but the problem is you're not applying it in your life and therefore you don't see the results and you're not, you're actually not excited to see that these things of faith actually work in your life. And of course it doesn't happen in a day, but eventually it has to happen. So that, that's how I've been, you know, problem, solution, result. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that you should always have this kind of a paradigm. I'm saying this is how I come so that, okay, this is what I'm going through. This is what the word of God says. And it is absolutely logical. You know, there's a logic of the spirit. Very logic. Very logical. The Bible is the most logical work in the entire history. I mean, I, be- I believe there's nothing like the Bible. And in the Bible, the, the highest echelon of logic is the, is the book of Romans. Is epistle to the Romans. It's remarkably logical. So you take the theory... You apply it in your lives and you see the result. You know what happens? Your faith increases. Okay. Think about that guy, you know. Lystra. Paul is preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching. And there is one guy. Who's that guy? A man who had a... Uh, who had... Who was lame from childhood. Preaching, 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 preaching. There were a bunch of people over there in the congregation. And then Paul looks at this guy and he says... This guy has, after, I pre- after the preaching is over, he looked at this guy and he says, you know what, this guy, I'm able to connect to him, he has the faith to be healed. What's his name? Yesu Padam. I mean, Padalu. Basically, his uh, feet are gone. But he's definitely not Yesu Padam. And he looks at him and he says, 
in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he gets up and walks. You see what has happened? The entire preaching was to generate faith. And the moment he acts upon the faith, the miracles happen. So, when you come to church, and you're listening to the word of God, you should say, Lord, I want faith. It is through the hearing of your word, faith comes. Whatever be the situation, I know that you have the best intentions in your heart for me. And therefore, when I listen to the word, I want to listen so that when I go out, I go out by faith. Go out in faith. My faith is strengthened. We'll come to that a little later. So, so if indeed you have been taught. So what should you do? The moment you have learned all this, immediately what you should do, you should put off concerning your former conduct, the old man. Immediately you heard this truth. What should you do? Take off that fellow, that Adamic old man who tries to bring all kinds of lusts into your, into your, into your life. That's what, um, what's his name? Uh, forget it. Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. John Bunyan in his book, Pilgrim's Progress. You know how he defines old Adam? I saw this man, old Adam. He had three daughters. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. And they trapped me. And I fell for the three, these three daughters. Old Adam, the old man, put off that fellow. That fellow who is, who's an unbeliever. He's a rebel. He's of the serpent. And that person has to be taken off. And you receive. And what is that person? This old man is what? Look at, look at this. Look at this. What does it say? Gross corrupt. He's done his stay corrupt. <laughs> it's interesting. He grows corrupt and it is not incremental. It is exponential. It's a gross corrupt according to what lusts? Deceitful lusts, desires which have gone, which have been, which have been hijacked by Satan to do his will now. And then what should you do? And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That word, the spirit is also translated in some, some translations called the attitude of your mind. You know, everyone has an attitude when they come to church. Okay. Okay. Where is that attitude? Ikra. Where is it? Some people have this Vivekananda pose. I told you, no? What is pastor going to tell me? They're very, very stoic. What is the attitude with which they come? And some people come with an attitude. That's the reason I says, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to what? Save your souls. You know, everybody should come with an SOS when they come to church. Save my soul, Lord. Save my soul, Lord. Save my soul. <laughs> you understand? That is how I, I want to come like this now. Because I understand, you know why? Where are the curses working? In Adam. Where are the blessings working? In Christ. So if I have to take the instruction, I want to walk in blessings, I have to strengthen the person who is in Christ and put to death the Adamic nature. Otherwise, what will happen? All the things that I've heard will not benefit me. I will continue to be enduring curses, like Derek Prince says, when, I sh- when I'm supposed to be enjoying what? Blessings. Mm-hmm. Understand? 
I mean, it's, this is just not one, one place that he mentions this. Romans chapter 13 and verse 14 also. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and do not make any provision for the flesh. Provision, that's good. In provisions we have in our home, track, dal is over. Okay? So what do you do? We go to our rack and say, oh, there, dal is there, one and, one and a half kilo dal is there. Okay? That is for my stomach. That is okay. That provision is fine. Oh, baby is not coming. Trying, 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 trying. Ten years in the promised land. No baby coming. Provision is there. Hagar in the, in the carpet, in the, in the desk, in the closet. Take Hagar, produce Ishmael. What is that? Provision for the flesh. Okay. Do not make any provision. And you know, Paul uses some interesting language. He says, abstain from every appearance of evil. Wow. Very difficult, no? But it is possible. And then again, another place. Not just one place. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. But now you yourself are to put off these things. And what is the old man? He's an angry fellow. He's full of wrath. He's full of malice, blasphemy. He's got filthy language. Samskritam only comes out. Right? Like Zach Moran says, no? In tongues in church, mother tongue, at home. I mean, is it interesting? We are all people who have studied in English English medium school. How many people have studied in English medium school? But when we want to appreciate, we want to use the language, which kind of language we will use? Comfortable Telugu. We do not know Grandikam Telugu. We know the other Telugu. You see? Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. You see? So this, this is, this is, this is how, what, what the old covenant talks about. Putting off, putting on. Another interesting, uh, uh, what do you say, metaphor, uh, Paul uses, he uses in 1st Corinthians chapter 5, talks about our new nature and our old nature. 1st Corinthians chapter 5 verse 6, your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Little, chinna, papam. One chinna. <laughs> you know, and you'll just leave it like that. You know what happens over a period of time? It grows and grows and grows and grows. You know what actually yeast does? It puffs up. Remember? Puff, you know? Puff meaning? Hawa hai andar. What is there inside? Nothing. Just nicely it's become big. It gives you an appearance as if a lot of thing is there. But when you put it in your mouth, immediately it melts. It's like candy cotton, no? Candy cotton is like huge. Oh my goodness, so much of candy cotton. The children are all, oh, so much, such a big candy cotton. They take a bite like that. It's gone. Half of it is gone in one bite. You see? And look look, look what he says. Therefore, purge out the old leaven. Look at this. Purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. Purge out the old leaven that you may be a new new lump since you truly are unleavened. That is your actual position. You are actually unleavened. The old, the old, the old man is dead. The new man who is born of God, he cannot sin. He is unleavened. He has no malice. He has no hypocrisy. He has no uh, pretense, etc. And but the new old man has got a lot of leaven. He says, purge out, remove that old leaven. You know why? Christ, our Passover, has been indeed 
sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven. So, who understood? You know, that is how Paul, I believe, when he studied the whole, when he's writing his epistles, he's just not writing from his head. You see, it's very difficult to write a paper if you haven't got the results. Okay. What you should do, you should doctor. I mean, you, you should see when I wrote the first paper when I wrote and I gave it to my prof. He looked at it and he said, Vijay, you just wrote what you did. I said, yes, sir, I wrote what I did. Let me just add a few lines here and there, okay? One line over here, another line over there, another line over there. The whole paper changed. And I looked at my paper and I said, oh, this is what I did. You see? But Paul was not like that. He never tried to write to impress. He wrote his life. You know, and one of the statements he makes in the book of Romans, he says, I dare not to speak anything that which Christ Jesus has not worked in me. What a statement. I dare not to speak anything other than which Christ Jesus has wrought in me. And when he's writing, he's writing with conviction. And this is his experience. Look at what he says in Galatians chapter 2. And we looked at it in different, different contexts. One, one more context. This is how he applied his teaching to his old nature. And he also had an old man. That is the reason why he, 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 he despairs in the book of Romans, the epistle to the Romans. He says, oh, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And look at what he says. This is what his experience is. We know this verse very well. I am crucified with Christ. The first step he says, I am completely identifying myself with the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I am crucified. With whom? With Christ. Then, I do not live. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. What is this yet not I? I am buried. I am crucified. I am buried. Second step. I am crucified, I am buried. This is, this is application of the gospel in his life. This is what the gospel he preached. He says what he says, you know what? Christ Jesus was crucified according to the scriptures. Hmm? Right? He was buried according to the scriptures. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures. And therefore he is applying the same truth to himself. He says, I am crucified with Christ according to scriptures. I am buried according to the scriptures. Now I live. Who is living now? I don't live. Who lives? Christ lives in me. That is the resurrection life. That is a life which is now born from above. That life lives. But how is that life strengthened? That life lives by what? Faith of the Son of God. And what is the foundation of that faith? The love of Christ. The love of Christ. He died for me and he gave himself for me. That love. That is the reason why he says, Paul says in 1st Timothy chapter 1, he says, the end of our instruction is this love from a pure heart, sincere, uh, clear conscience, and of a sincere faith. So that faith. So this is how he lives out his life. So these are truths in the New Testament. But how do we apply? So Jesus Christ has given us all these promises. Every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. The blessings of God, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And if therefore I have to walk in what he saw, these blessings and not endure curses in my life, if that is my reality, if that is my position, if that is my potential, how do I live it out? 
Now, this is a truth which is given, doctrine which is given in the new, new covenant. And the diagnostics, specifics are given in the old covenant. And we'll see both. It's a paradigm here is, Israel is brought out of Egypt. Remember, Israel is brought out of Egypt. It's a picture of our salvation. Baptism, they were baptized into Moses. Okay. And then, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay. They were fed with manna. They drank of the spiritual water. That's a type of a church. All this to do what? So that you can enter into the land of promises. For us, it is a promised life in Christ. So all this has been given to you. And in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1, this is what he says. Uh, this is to the, to, the, to the generation which is about to enter into the promised land. And, he, and Mo, uh, Moses gives some very interesting... Uh, uh, um, he, he, make, he, he, makes, he says how this is going to happen. How this is going to pan out. This is what he says in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, promised life, which you go to possess, in other words, you have to possess it, okay, and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Gergeshites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, and the Hevites, and the Jebusites, seven nations, how many, how many nations? Seven nations stronger than you. Now, these seven nations are, I mean, there are a picture of the old man who is, who is, who is occupying that promised life, who has, who has to be delivered completely out of these seven spirits, if you will. And these fellows have been there for a long time. They are not going to go. You have to get them out. And these are what? Stronger than you. Let me tell you something. It is impossible for you to overcome even your flesh in your own strength. How can you overcome flesh with flesh? Impossible. It is by the spirit if you put to death the deeds of the body. You will live. Seven nations stronger than you. Now, but what is the modest operandi he is going to use? What is the modest operandi that God, I mean Moses or rather God is going to give to the children of Israel so that they can receive or rather enter into this promised life and enjoy the blessings and not endure the curses? Look at the modest operandi. <clears throat> that is given in Exodus chapter 23. Verse 20 onwards. Behold, I send an angel before you. Kya baat hai? Who goes first before us? The angel. Who is that angel? Jesus Christ. The Malik, the angel of the Lord. The word for angel here is Malik, the messenger. He's going before us. He's gone. So how do we overcome the world? By keeping our eyes, what? Fixed upon Jesus. That's the first step, okay? Before you, in the way to bring you into the place which I have prepared. God has already prepared a place, but you have to follow this angel of the Lord. Now, if you want to enjoy the blessings, there is only one life. Follow, he says, walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Okay, to enter into the land of promises. How do you do that? Beware of him. Okay, first, beware of him means have reverence for him. You want to overcome? How should you overcome? First step, have 
reverence for him. Acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. First thing, beware of him. Then, obey his voice. You know, what is that? Not just obey his word, obey his voice. We, we heard that, sir. Do not provoke him. Don't test him. Okay? Don't try to provoke him. This is a completely different teaching, which I'm going to share in another context, maybe, God willing. For he will not pardon your transgressions. What does it mean later on? For my name is upon him. But if you indeed, again, obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and be an adversary to your adversaries. And this goes on, verse 23. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hephites, and the Jebusites, and I will what? Cut them off. So, what is the modus operandi? Follow Jesus. Beware of him, that means reverence him. Obey his voice. Don't provoke him. And live in the fear of God. What will happen? He will bring you into the land of promises, and you will start and begin to enjoy the blessings. Okay? Fine. But how, will, how is he going to do it? Let's see. Again, the modus operandi is very important. Verse, 20, verse 29. I will not drive them out from before you in one year. How, when are you expecting success? It is not, uh, what is it called? Uh, long term. Long term. How many of you know long term? Long term. You know, Chaitanya Narayana has long term. One year IIT. No, it's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is not long term. Not one, one year IIT. Hmm? This is not long term. What is that? Lest the land becomes desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Meaning, when the unclean spirit is driven out of a man, it what? It goes and searches for dry places, but it finds it empty. And what does it do? It brings out seven demons more powerful than him. It's How does he do it? How, how is he going to do it? Everybody say 30. Everybody read it out. Are you not very convincing? Baba, when you read the word, I know somebody was asking me, how do you read the word until I get faith? How do you read? Until I get faith. Kasi. Yetla? Krushi gadu. Kasi. Until I get faith. How is he going to do it? Now, let us read that with conviction. Okay. How, how, is he, how is he going to do it? Little by little. Oh my goodness, that is painful, isn't it? When you go to a clinic, what does a doctor call you? Patient. Means, be patient. It's easy to get the disease. <laughs> but this is going to take a long process to get rid of the disease. That is the reason why? Patient. What is the name of the patient? Baba, this is Dr. Vijay Takota. No. You are patient. Okay. Little by little. One step at a time. You see, you need to understand these little, little steps. This principle of little things in the kingdom of God. I mean, it took a long time for me to learn these things. No, it's like you burn your hands and your fingers and then you remember, okay, Baba, I should have done that. Simple little thing. The kingdom of God is built on little things. It is not by might. It is not by power, but by my spirit. Great. Come on, Lord. Give me the spirit. Do not despise the day of ah, small things. Let's, let's start small. Start small. Little by little. 
one step at a time. You want to make a Grand, grand Slam champion like Roger Federer? Who's retiring? Yes. Okay, he's retiring. <laughs> Nadal's record is safe. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. See, you want to make a Grand Slam? Little by little. One step at a time. Little things. For example, for example, Pastor, I'm going through a financial crisis, Pastor. Pray for a breakthrough. Pastor will say, okay, I'll pray for a breakthrough, but come to church on time. But Pastor, what has got financial breakthrough with uh, come to church? It's Do it. What is that? Ah, little. Chinnadi. See, you, these things, you cannot become a mathematical genius in a day. Little by little by little. Little by little. And you know what? God already knows the end. He sees the end result. It's like, you know, when I, when I go to my class, I already know where this is leading. So my, my students will ask me a question. I'm looking at, looking at the question from there. You see? I'm, I mean, I'm like, I'm looking at the end from the beginning, you know? <laughs> the, the beginning from the end. And I don't know, wait, okay, you're struggling here, but that is where you need to go. And you can't struggle here. And this is where all, all these little things, small, 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 little, little things. And finally, when you go there, you understand how these little things have actually made you who you are. Little by little. That's what Pastor was talking about yesterday. He says the process of becoming a believer. To make a believer, a convert, is one day. To make a disciple is a lifelong process. Convert, one day. Boom! You got saved. You heard the gospel. One day you got saved. But to walk in blessings, to get out of curses, and to continuously and consistently walk in the blessings of God is a lifelong process. Doesn't happen in a day. It's little by little. This is the modest operandi of God. So, pastor says, get up in the morning, spend time with Jesus. Difficult thing. You see, we make mountain out of, we want a huge breakthrough. You know, God says, huge breakthroughs. He says, a large ship is turned by a, a small rudder. That is the principle of little things. The doctrine of little things. Understand? Students understood? Very good. Little by little, I'm gonna drive it out. Little by little, little by little. Understand these principles. And then, let's see. What are these little things? I mean, how, how, not these little things. What are these big things that have to be driven out of our, life, of our lives little by little? It has to happen progressively. What are these big things? Seven things have been mentioned. And I'm, we have heard it in different contexts. But every time I read it now, because every year I try, I try to go through the Bible at least once. And then when I read it, I find something different. God is teaching me something new. It's always fresh. Okay. So Deuteronomy chapter 7. Verse one onwards, the, there are seven nations which are mightier and stronger than you. So when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the first thing he mentions is a Hittite spirit. Okay. Who is the Hittite? Okay. Who is the Hittite? The first Hittite. Who is this Hittite? The person who has been crushed down by fear. Fear. Okay. Person who gets his crushed down or completely broken into pieces because of fear. 
another rendering of it he is a person who gets discouraged easily okay. dismayed a person who is always afraid of the unknown he doesn't like something to surprise him i don't want any surprises but you know what life is full of surprises said forest gump <laughs> you do not know what you get <laughs> some of you are laughing yeah life is like a bunch of chocolates you do not know what you get dismayed he's he's afraid of the unknown then because of fear he's confounded he's confused all the time what am i supposed to do confusion mein hai confusion mein hai bihari okay he's always confused i mean in other words because of fear he is not able to think through clearly i remember i'm telling you, you know this is what i i, I can t- i can relate to this a lot one of the games that i hated the most was chess i loved it and i hated it because i did not like to get defeated one of the things i was afraid of is a is a fear of failure i loved it <laughs> and i hated it and if i had to defeat somebody okay i made i made a blunder let's say in a in a game i would go home go through the game every move is in my mind and next day i'm just calculating every game and i'm going i want to defeat this is a kind of an attitude which with which i grew i don't like failure a fear of failure and you know what happens the first time when i gave my phd uh what is what do we call as a qualifying exam why i got all a's in my course but the viva you wouldn't believe it i was petrified to face four professors one guy from princeton one guy from mit one guy from another place and i'm like my goodness what are, what are these guys going to ask you wouldn't believe it when i went into the examination hall the simplest of the things i did not remember now why crippled by fear confounded confused he's asking me a question i'm like totally confused confounded another thing afraid it's 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 it's, it's a one one notch up in other words you do not want to take risks for god but one of the things i learned after you come to the ministry is a risk ministry is risk life is risk if you go into the road now you think it is not risky walking on the road is a risk who can give you guarantee for your life insurance policy nothing else like that that is the reason why you take lic and max life insurance etc right all the insurance companies why do they become more and more successful the other day max life insurance fellow called me sir uh, you have become a valued customer now we want to discuss certain things uh, with you about certain things in our policy please can i have your time i said please i don't have the time now he said no 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 sir i don't want to sell anything you know <laughs> i don't want to know how do insurance people what if you die what what if what if what if the fear of the unknown you're crippled by the unknown so lot of people they are defeated before they go to the exam you see they, certain nerves are good when you go before the exam some nerves are okay no some some tension little tension is okay but fear you will never be able to perform if the nerves are not there that means you don't care 
right? That means you didn't, did not prepare. It's like, I didn't prepare. Let me just go and write it. No, A, B, C, D, E, A, B, C, D, E, A, B, C, D, E. And they say in basically in, in exams, if you want to randomly write an exam, how should you choose? <laughs> Priyanka, you, you nailed it. <laughs> you know, how do you choose? Put all A's. Don't say randomly A, B, C, D. All will go wrong. At least some of will, some of them will be A. All these techniques we learn, no? <laughs> you see, you see, they're crippled by fear. And the first thing God says is that what I'm going to drive out of you is a fear. And one of the biggest fears is a fear of not being accepted. That's the orphan spirit. That's exactly what Adam, when he was driven out of the Garden of Eden, what engulfed him was the spirit of fear. He was craving for acceptance and acceptance and acceptance. Let me tell you the results of the fall. The results of the fall are dynamic. When Adam fell, for the first thing that happened to him, he went from the realm of immortality into the realm of mortality. What kind of mortality? Just not physical deaths. That is temporary. There's a second death, which is eternal. He, re- he went from the realm of mortality, I'm sorry, immortality into the realm of mortality, from the realm of incorruption into corruption. Everything is corrupt in his life now. Everything is corrupted. That's the first result of the fall. The second result of the fall, the authority and the position that God had given him, he betrayed it to Satan. Now Satan becomes the prince of the power of the air. And when Adam or Eve listened to the voice of Satan, no, he doesn't have to come to us and tempt us like the, like the way he tempted Eve. All his desires are already, already in us. Now all he has to do is send one enticer. One carrot, he will dangle. No, the desires are already in us. That's the reason why it says, every man is tempted when he is driven by his own lust and enticed. So it's already there inside. The corrupt, now he, what has happened because he's become the prince of the power of the air he uses that authority to entice us and take us into sin third Adam became the target of demonic oppression target of demonic oppression that's the third result of the fall he, the, the host of the demonic was sent against Adam all his evil enterprise Satan's evil enterprise. He is sent against Adam to cripple them with all kinds of spiritual problems. Fourth, everything Adam touched became futile. Vanity, vanity, vanity. And the entire creation is subjected to corruption now. And it says creation itself is groaning with birth pangs seeing so that they can also be liberated from this vanity. And when are they going to be liberated from this vanity? When the sons of God are liberated, then they are going to be liberated from this vanity. So everything that you touch will be what? Futile. All the exercises and the enterprises that you do without Christ under heaven. Like Solomon, you will say, what is the keynote address? Starting point, statement of Solomon. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. I say everything is vanity. Five times. Vanity. Youth and childhood, vanity. 
Righteousness, vanity. Wealth, vanity. Success, vanity. Everything became vanity. The fourth and the fifth one. You know what the fifth one is? Yesterday when you were there, you should have listened to Pastor, Pastor was talking about it. He says, there are goats and there are sheep. Sheep are blessed of the Lord. Right? Sheep are what? Blessed of the Lord. Goats are cursed of the Lord. And the goats will be sent into what? Everlasting fire prepared for whom? For Satan and the fallen angels. So the judgment which was for Satan also came upon man because of the result of Adam's fall. Five. What is the first thing? He became corrupt and he became mortal. Second thing, the realm of authority that was given to him was betrayed to Satan. Third thing, he became the target of the demonic oppression. Fourth thing, everything that he touched became vanity. And the fifth thing, the judgment which was due for danger, for the angels, for the fallen angels and Satan, now it comes upon you. And therefore, you know what Satan resists? He resists the preaching of the gospel. You know why? Remember Joshua the high priest? Remember Joshua the high priest? He's standing with filthy garments and he wants to be, he, he's like desperate to be justified. Who's resisting? Next to him, who's resisting? Satan. And what does God say? The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Because the only way he can prolong his reign on this earth is by hiding behind the mercies of God because he knows God is merciful towards man. Put that in your spiritual pipes and smoke it. Five. The curses. My dear brothers and sisters, you need to understand. You know what? I was learning this over the last several weeks actually. Several weeks. You wouldn't imagine the kind of demonic oppression I was going through just to prepare a message. Write down statements to concentrate hard. It's, I mean, for me, it's like four hours sitting before a computer and studying is not a big deal. Consistently. I mean, I can do it. No issues. But for this one thing, you become a target of... You need to understand we are in a real battle. There's a conflict in the heavenlies. It's against us from not getting saved, and if we are saved to steal from us the God-given destiny that is designed, desired, that God has desired for each one of us. The enemy comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And the first thing that cripples us is fear. You know what God says? I'm going to deal with that first. And therefore it says in Hebrews chapter 5, chapter 2, he says, who through a lifelong from the fear of death were under the bondage of Satan, he defeated death. First thing, he defeated the fear of death. First thing he does, he liberates us from the fear of death. Fear has to go. Luke's Gospel 21. Why is this important? Verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth. Distress of nations. Do you see the distress of nations? Oh, which nation is peaceful? Tell me. Oh, I'll go to Canada and I'll be successful. Boy, you want to go to Canada now? Sir Trudeau is leading, uh, leading, leading Canada. My, my, my brother-in-law, he just recently immigrated to Canada. He said, we say, after I came to Canada, I realized what a wicked fellow this fellow is. Prime Minister. What a wicked fellow. I mean, I'm looking at all the schools in Canada. He says, I don't want to send my children to these schools. 
So they had to move from Montreal to Ottawa to find a Christian school. So that they know at least they are safe. Distress. Every nation that you go to, it's under stress. And then what happens? It says, men's hearts, what are happening? Failing them from fear. That is the reason why the first person who goes, goes to hell is what? Those who are fearful. Do you see that? And finally, all liars. In the middle, sorcerers are there, adulterers are there, etc. All those people are there. But the first people are fearful and the last people are liars. Where will they find themselves? In the lake of fire. Prepared for whom? Satan and the angels. Cursed. You don't want to end up there. Therefore, the first thing God says, I'm going to deliver you from the spirit of fear. And therefore he says, you know what? I have not given the spirit of fear which will take you back to bondage and slavery, but a fear of what? Adoption by which we should cry out what? Abba Father. Okay, let's move on. Second Chronicles chapter 28. How do we overcome this spirit of fear? Second Chronicles chapter 28, verse 7. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria. Nor before all the multitude that is with him, for there are more who is with us than who is with them. That is the reason why he says, the one who is inside of you is much more stronger than the one who is outside of you. Understand this. And then, with him is the what? The arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God. The the way you overcome fear, when you have the assurance that all your sins are forgiven, And you are no longer walking in condemnation and guilt. Hmm? The righteous are bold as a lion. But the wicked flee when nobody is pursuing them. He says, first thing, understand this. Be strong, understand this. Don't walk in condemnation and guilt. Pastor was talking about it. Every sin that you have confessed today, you know what God has forgotten? What has God has done? He, he remembers everything. But one thing he has forgotten is all the sins he has, you have confessed. It's gone. It's over. It's done away. Thank you, Jesus. Did you say thank you after that? I said, oh Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just take it. Just like that. Now, therefore, so immediately the, the enemy comes and says, you know what? Do not let Hezekiah deceive you. Or persuade you. Enemy comes and says, don't let him deceive you. You cannot overcome this. Let me tell you something. How many of you want health and healing? Show me your hands. Definitely wanted both hands. Okay, good. (laughs) So he says, my son. My son. Okay, everybody say my son. Okay, you can say my daughter also. How many of you wanted to be a son and not a daughter? Oh, you wanted, okay. When you go to heaven, everybody is son, okay? Don't worry. So it is, it is applicable to your daughters also, okay? My son, sec- attend to my words. Everybody say. What is attend to my words? In our triple IT, we have called that, we have what is what we call as attendance policy. What policy? Attendance policy. If you miss three classes, one grade cut. Four classes, two grades cut. Five classes fail. We have how many lectures in a, week, in, a, in a semester? 28 lectures. That means you can only, you have to at least attend 23 to pass. Okay? 
That is for tripleting. Ah, spiritual things. No, we don't have to come to church. No. Attendance is not needed. No compulsory attendance. Go to all the all the universities which don't have compulsory attendance and I will tell you, you cannot recruit those engineers. So what do you do? Attention, how many of you come, come to come and attend? <laughs> See, it's very important to attend. Class attendance is important. Proxy attendance doesn't doesn't work. Okay. No, God knows who's come and who's not come. You cannot say proxy, hello sir, present. You can fool me, but not God. First thing, attend unto my words. Second, incline your ears to my saying. Everybody say, incline my ears to God's sayings. Why everybody say that? My ears to God's saying. How many years do you have? Two years. Meaning, with one year, faith comes. With one year, unbelief comes. You are cancelling one another. By the time you go out, faith hits you. Unbelief hits you. You are in the same position. So how do you hear until you get faith? Otherwise you are faking. Okay, first thing, my son. Everybody say my son. Attend unto my words. Incline my ears to your sayings. Keep them in the front of your eyes, everybody. Keep them in the front of your eyes. Everybody said that? In other words, give to God your undivided attention and focus. That is the reason why we have in Sanskrit, Guru Mukhasya Vidya Labhyate. Guru Mukhasya Vidya Labhyate. Meaning, watch, focus, listen, do not Take your eyes off the preacher. Don't. Lock your eyes on the preacher. Because he's not preaching. God is speaking. God hides himself through his servants. Focus. Okay. Then fifth one. Treasure them in your heart. Everybody say. Treasure the words that you receive in your heart. So five things I've already told you. What did I say? My son first of all. That is Sambhodana. Second. Attend to every class. Third, okay, attend every class means we have uh, uh, online prayer, right? How many of you listen to online prayer? How many of you don't listen to online prayer? I mean, you see, well, that means you are not attending. You are trying to give proxy. Pastor will think, I am watching it, who, after all, who knows? Anyways, the chat is disabled now. There is no proxy. Attend unto my words. Then what? Keep them in the in the in front of your eyes. What you see, you should see it. See, one of the things which you need to understand: the moment you hear and then you see, you'll remember it. What happens automatically goes and it becomes like a treasure in your in your heart. You keep them in the midst of your heart. And in what he says, it will be everybody now pro, pro, uh, pro, uh, proclaim. It will be life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. This is the process of divine healing. How is it? How does it happen? Little by little. We want God, pastor to lay hands, fall flat, demons gone. And then after several years, eight demons are inside now. Understand this? Five things. Alright, so what does he say? 
Furthermore, his servant spoke against the God, against God and against his servant. That's exactly what the devil does. What does he do? He speaks against the servants of God so that you don't listen to his words. And when you don't listen to his words, what will not come? Faith will not come. And if you don't have faith, will you, can you walk in healing? Not possible. Words. First Samuel chapter 17. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed. Huh. Why? Because they did not have faith. So one guy who entered into the promised land, you know, one guy who entered into the promised land, now he's under the leadership. He is not, he didn't, he was not having Moses anymore now. Okay. He entered into the promised land. You know, what was his one number one problem? Whom am I talking about? Joshua. Number one problem of Joshua. The person who gets easily discouraged. One failure. God, why did you bring us? God, why did you bring us? Joshua chapter 1. Look at how God admonishes Joshua. Chapter 1 verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. But if God has to be with you wherever you go, what are the conditions that you need to fulfill? Verse 6, be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, has commanded you. Do not turn from the, do it from the left or to the right, or to the right, that you may prosper wherever you go. And then goes on to say, this book of the law shall not. So the first thing you need to do, come to church. Listen to the word. Second thing that you need to do in order to overcome fear. You know what you should do? Second thing, meditate upon the word which was sown into your hearts. Got it? Third, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 14. The spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Matthiah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen all of you Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. In other words, fourth thing, you know what? Obey the prophetic voice. What should you obey? The prophetic voice. What is that? The voice of correction. Like Pastor was saying, the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And look at what it says in verse 20. We know this verse very well, right? What does it say? So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe, the, believe in the Lord and you shall be established. Believe in the prophets and you shall prosper. So what does the prophet do? Vijay, if you make this decision... Okay, if you make this decision, this is going to be your end. I'll tell you something. Everything in the kingdom of God is deterministic. Nothing is random. Stock market is random. Kingdom of God is not random. I said before you, what? Life and death, blessings and curses, you choose. So prophet comes and says, these are the two options before you. Very simple. Choose this. If you choose this, this will be your end. If you choose this, this will be your end. What do you want in your life? Okay. Then, what do they do? And 
when he has consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And then they started praising God. First thing, listen to the word. Attend every Bible study. Attend. Give, give yourself, give attention to the teaching of the word of God. Second, meditate upon the word of God. Third, listen to the prophetic instruction and correction. Fourth, give yourself to praise and worship in the spirit. So that you'll be liberated from that. Spirit of heaviness will go and God will give you, put on the garment of praise. Do this consistently. Another one. I want to show you another one. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 32 verse 20. Now because the king, uh, because of this king Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried out to heaven. You know, they, when they prayed and cried out to heaven, God moved. So when you just say, Lord, I'm going through all these things. Five things I will do consistently. If I have to overcome these five things, I'll do. What is the first thing? I will attend. Listen to the instructions of God. Second, meditate, up, meditate upon the scriptures and the word that has already been taught and shown into my heart. Third, listen to prophetic correction. Fourth, live a lifestyle of praise and worship. And five, prayer. Give yourself continuously to prayer. And you will overcome the spirit of fear. These are the little things. Okay? First thing. Deuteronomy chapter 7, you have to overcome, first thing God says, overcome the spirit of fear. Second thing he says, I will drive out from you the Hittites. The second thing I'm going to drive out from you is the Girgishite. And who is a Girgishite? Who is this Girgishite? Girgishite is very interesting. Girgishite is a person, actual little meaning is, the person who is dwelling on a clay soil. Meaning he's a person who is very earthly. First thing, he is earthly. Okay. Second thing, he has got worldly logic. What kind of logic? Ah, worldly logic. Third thing, he is sensual. Fourth thing, he is an intellectual. Soulish. Earthly. Very earthly. Okay. So God does not say that you should not love, you should not use your mind. Don't misunderstand me. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your mind also. Soul means mind. You should love God with your mind. But this person is a person who is very earthly. Very earthly. And this is a very strong spirit. It doesn't go easy. Look at what it says in Colossians chapter 3. We know this verse very well. Colossians chapter 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. Not on what things? Earthly things. For you, are, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear him in glory. So therefore, what should you do? Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to earth. What is Gurgishite? He is a person who gravitates you towards earthly things. He takes your eye from eternal and puts your eyes onto the temporal. Takes your eyes from the, from the, from the things of the spirit and brings your eyes onto the things of, of this world. That's a Gurgishite spirit. And it's very, 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 very strong and stubborn fellow. You know, when many, many, many spirits are stubborn spirits, you have to be absolutely determined to crush them out and get them out of your system. Otherwise, they will not go. Devil will know. Sin and devil know when you are serious. Sin and devil know when you are serious. You have to be absolutely determined and say, Lord, I'm not going to allow this to take its toll, uh, take its, uh, uh, take any foothold in my life. Okay? So many things I mentioned. 
You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived. But now you must get rid of all these things. Look at another translation, like another verse. James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by their good life, by the deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it, nor deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is what? Earthly. Unspiritual or sensual or soulish. And finally it is what? Demonic. Understand this. So, and then what is the natural mind? The unconverted man? The old man? You know what? He does not understand these things. He does not like the things of the spirit. It is foolishness to him. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. The person without the spirit does not accept the things of, that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. So he doesn't like it. And very stubborn. So, what does it do primarily? What does this earthly things do? And we are talking about blessings and curses, right? Right? We are talking about blessings and curses? Mark's, Mark's Gospel chapter 4, you look at what it says in Mark's Gospel chapter 4, verse 18. Still others, this is talking about the seed of the word of God. Like seed sown among, what? Thorns. What is the thorns a picture of? What is the thorns a picture of? Thorns and thistles. What is the thorns a picture of? It's a th- picture of the curse. You know, we sing that, uh, sing that, uh, Christmas hymn. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing. Okay, fantastic. Another, another, another verse. Joy to the world. No. Yeah. Joy to the world. The savior reigns. Uh, let men their songs employ while fields and floods, locks and cell plates, etc. And then he says, no more let sin, no more let sin, nor sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. Right? He comes to make his, ah, he comes to make his blessings flow, how far? Far as the curse is found. What a song! <laughs> I mean, I know, now, when I, I know when all these songs make, make a lot of sense to me now. He comes to, no, no more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground, because when sin came, curse came. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. Far as the curse is found. You know what? It's a picture of thorns. It's a picture of the curse. So what are these people? They, they are people who hear the word of God, but, what is this? Worries. Then, Deceitfulness of wealth. Yesterday, Pastor, we were talking about a fantastic idol that everybody has. What is that? Covetousness. And then, desires for what? Other things. What do they do? They come in and choke the word and you become unfruitful and therefore you're not, you're not no longer under what? A blessing, but under what? A curse now. Why? Because you're earthly. One guy who in the Old Testament who fits this picture so perfectly, who will not listen, no matter how many times God saves him. Genesis chapter 14. Okay, Look at what it says. When Abraham heard that his relative, other translation will use the word brother, had been taken captive, he called out 318 trained men born in his household and went to pursuit as far as Dan. 
during the night, Abraham divided his men to attack them and he routed them, pursuing them as far as Hobah, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and his possessions together with the women and the children. Who's this person? Lot. He was given a choice. We should not fight. You make the first choice. Immediately, he looked. Choice, huh? Choice, choice. Which college? Which college? This college is too strict. I will not go. Oh, the professors will give a lot of assignments and teaching. Oh, no, 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 no. Light college. Any light college? You know, even in our university, we have courses called electives. Elective courses. Electives in So, in electives, we will say, which professor is a cool prof? Cool prof. Who's this cool prof? It doesn't matter. Ikkatos definitely milega. Kam se kam b milega. Kuch bhi nahi to c milega. Cool prof. So one guy comes to me. Sir, I want to audit your course. No audit. Only credit. Sir, I want you to just listen to the class. No. If you are serious, only then you come. I don't want to waste my time on insincere people. You see, whenever I go to the class, when I when I come to any place, when I, when I want to teach, I want to be a person who gives the gospel. Meaning gospel in whatever I am doing. But when I go to robotics, I am going to exalt robotics for sure. So after you finish my class, you should fall in love with robotics. Okay, that is what has to happen. Because I am very passionate about what I am doing. So, I'll, I don't want much, much people in my class. 15 or 12 or 13 people will be there. And after the course is, course is over, one guy will come and say, Sir, I want to work with you. You want to work with me? Absolutely. Work with him. And that guy will do whatever it takes to get a paper. I collaborated with one guy. Just like that. I finished a lecture on robotics. We had all these guys who came from different, different IITs. We had a, they, they had a, a lecture on robotics the, uh, in the, on campus. I finished the lecture. 25 minutes, the lecture is over. When I went to my office, 15 students standing outside the line. Sir, we want to come and see what problems are there so that we can work on these problems. That is how it has to be. Serious. So this guy is not serious. He wants easy things. Okay, which college, which professor is cool? You will become a big fool at the end of it. We have an exam. Even if the student does many mistakes, you know what I do? I sit with him. First of all, I'll give him the marks. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit with him and correct the entire paper once again and then go to the next exam. You see? See, cool people make a fool, make you fools. You should have a person who is going to be, who is disciplined and strict in spiritual things. When you want to become, make accountability partners. Whom do you want to make yourself accountable to? Think about it. A person who will ask you for accounts, right? It's okay, I'm also doing, you're also doing, we're all in the same boat. Is that okay? No. This guy, Lot, he will not learn his lesson. He's been rescued. 
You made a decision. You went to Sodom. You got messed up now. All the life that you built has been taken away by the enemy. Have you learned your lesson? No. What spirit? Gargashite spirit. Worldly spirit. The lusts of this world. The desires for other things. What has, what has happened to you? You've been rescued by your, by your spiritual father. And what has happened? Immediately after the choice has been given, you went back straight to Sodom. What is happening to you in Sodom? Look at what it says in Second Peter chapter 2. And rescued Lot. Who is this Lot? This is not the first rescue. This is the angelic rescue. Who is this Lot? A righteous man. What is this righteous man doing? Who was distressed and by the depraved conduct of lawlessness. For that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul. You are living in torment. And that is exactly what happens to believers. When they are in the world, they cannot enjoy the world. Neither can they enjoy the things of the spirit. They are in torment. What is the spirit that is controlling them? Gargishite. So when the angel says, come out, come out. He says, no master, I cannot come. That plane is there. No, please send me there. Please don't destroy that plane. Worldliness. That is exactly the reason why it says, Dimas, what has happened? Having loved the present age has forsaken me. What a statement. Epitaph on his tombstone. Tombstone. Dimas, having loved the present age, forsook Paul. Lot, having loved this present age, forsook Abraham. The only place where there was spiritual security and safety and godly discipline. Where there is war, where there are 318 strained young soldiers who will fight the enemy. You don't want that discipline. So what do you do? You search for cool profs and cool teachers and cool pastors who will give you, teach, they will itch your ears. They will not tell you tough things. They will not confront the, the, the sin inside of you. They will not confront your compromise. They will not come and say, okay, they will always come and mollycoddle you. No way, no way. I don't want that, such professors. I want people who will tell me what, where I'm going wrong. Because I want to get rid of worldliness. Gurgashite spirit. First is what? Hittite. The spirit of fear. Second what? The spirit of worldliness and earthly, earthly, sensual, worldly logic, worldly ideas, intellectual ideas. Not spiritual thoughts. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you. First the Hittites, second the Gergeshites, and the third one, the Amorites. By the way, who is our father and who is our mother? You know who is our spiritual father and mother before we were born again? You want to know? You want to know who our spiritual father and mother were before we were born again? Let me show you. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 1. This is our spiritual DNA before we were born again. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 1. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations. And say, Thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, Your birth and your nativity are from the land of Canaan. Your father was a Amorite. Your mother was a naturally you were born with born birth with two sins, two spirits inside of you. What is it? One is the spirit of fear, and the other is what? The Amorite spirit. What is this Amorite spirit? Amorite. You know what who the what this Amorite spirit? You know, it's like you know, your mama Hittite. That's exactly what it is. Your mama Hittite. You know your mama jokes in US? I never into never used to understand. 
your mama hittite this is exactly what he's talking about here what is a hittite person who's fearful and you know what amorite is i'll, t- I'll show you what the Amorite, amorite spirit is okay first thing amorite spirit the person who desires publicity what is that publicity he's got a spirit of boasting and this boasting and publicity he desires intensely where? In his heart. Okay. You know, one of the things, like Pastor keeps saying, all our children are not, they are cute, but they are birthed in sin, shaped in iniquity. Even though Abigail Esther has got parents, just Justin Christopher and Vijay Takota, mother is Hittite, father is Amorite. Default spiritual position I'm talking about. They are fearful and the second thing they love is publicity. We also do that, no? Psalm 23, if our, if our child has memorized at the age of one. Come, 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 come. Tell uncle Psalm 23. What is that? Publicity. Come, 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 come. You solved that mathematics problem, huh? Show, 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 uncle, show, uncle. Your marks, your marks, show. I don't remember if my daughter has heard me saying this. One thing I told her. Doesn't matter how much success you get. Put your mouth in the dust. Put your mouth there. Humble yourself. Don't try to show off. Because we all like, oh, you know what my son has did? My son, <laughs> wait. God did not show his son for 30 years. To so many thousands of years, he kept him hidden in heaven. And when he came to earth, we don't even know. He came to his own. He made the world. He was, he made the world, but the world did not receive him. He came to his own. No place in the in place. Out. He had to run for his life to Egypt. Like Pastor was saying, so many years hidden. What does Satan want? Publicity. That is the Amorite spirit. Boasting. Pride. Shaped in iniquity. There are two things. We are fearful that people will not accept us. And therefore we always want to boast our, about our accomplishments so that people will accept us. You know what justification by faith does? It removes all boasting. It removes all boasting. Look at where it says. You know, this is basically publicity. I'll show you. Isaiah 4, chapter 14, verse 13. For thou hast said where? In your heart. You know what the word for say is? Said is? Amori. <laughs> Who is the first Amorite? <laughs> Satan. <laughs> that is from where we get <laughs> the spirit of Satan. Publicity statement. You see everywhere, no? It will, you cannot sell a product without publicity. Publicity means public talk, basically. Word of mouth also is publicity only. Oh, you like the product, you like the product, you like the product. Same thing, it will go all like that. See? Publicity. You know what the Bible says about the Son of Man? Look at what it says about the Son of Man. I love this attitude about Jesus. And I say, Lord, I want this attitude. Because everybody deep down inside of our heart, we are Amorites. We are like Saul. We will do one little thing and we will boast to 225 kilometers. We are like Kejriwal. What did he do? 
small thing boasting and boasting you go to himalaya himachal pradesh boasting Cha, go to punjab boasting go to gujarat boasting and when people when uh, in the india today not india today ndtv there was a town hall no they were asked saab aap kyun itna boast karte hain boast karna padta hai because everybody likes publicity he is a publicity people now it's a publicity generation social media आप इतना करते इतना बोस करते हो हाँ करता करना पड़ता है पब्लिसिटी करना पड़ता है डोंट लाइक दैट यू सी जॉन्स कॉस्पल चैप्टर सेवन लुक एट व्हाट इट सेज जॉन्स कॉस्पल चैप्टर सेवन नाउ द जूस फीस्ट ऑफ टैबर नैकल्स वॉज एट हैंड हिज ब्रदर्स देर फॉर सेट हेम डिपार्ट फ्रॉम हियर एंड गो इन टू जुडे दैट योर डिसाइपल्स ऑल्सो मे सी द वर्क दट यूर डूइंग फॉर नो वन डज एनीथिंग इन सीक्रेट वाइल हिमसेल्फ सिक्स टू बी नोन पब्लिकली कमॉन शो ऑफ हु यू आर Remember when he goes to the people, he searches that for, for that guy who's 38 years uh, crippled. He comes and heals him and disappears. Who healed you? Who healed you? We don't know. Please don't say about this miracle to anybody. No. No, 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 no. I don't want publicity. I'm not here for publicity. In fact, many people, when they saw the miracles of Jesus, put their trust in His name, but Jesus on His. part did not entrust himself to anybody you know why because he did not want the publicity of men no he wanted them to be witnesses of his resurrection that's a difference that's the life of christ not publicity of your gifts of your talents you know i like i like what sundar krishnan made a statement he said i ask god for the blessing of obscurity Can you say that ble- obscurity is a blessing? Otherwise, you have the Amorite spirit. I don't want that publicity. What did you do? Oh, I did this. Finished. You write pages and pages of advertisement. And he says, then Jesus said to them, "My time has not yet come, but your time is always." Ready. I loved what Pastor was talking about yesterday when he was talking about, you know, I thirst. The two drinkings of wine until he finished the scriptures, fulfilling the scriptures to the T. He did not even taste wine. What a focus on the work that God has entrusted into his hands. What a focus. He is not going to be distracted with publicity, not flattery. So you got this when 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 his brothers had gone up he also went into the feast not openly but what but in secret that's what do you have a secret life in god do you worship in secret do you pray in secret do you fast in secret do you read the word in secret do you seek god in secret do you fall flat on the face before your face before god in secret otherwise like yesterday we had a question in q and a everything is a performance perform publicity Matthew chapter six. Beware of practicing your righteousnesses before men. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Don't practice your righteousnesses before men. How do you do it? Secret. Look at this is John the Baptist. Luke's Gospel chapter one, chapter one, verse eighty. Last verse. And the child grew and became strong in the spirit and went went about preaching. No. and he was in the wilderness until the day of his what public appearance 
where wilderness manasilayo 272 proverbs let someone else praise you <laughs> not your own mouth and who is that someone else not your friend not your if your wife can praise you that will be an accomplished husband isn't it come on think about it honestly no if your wife can praise you my husband is a man of god and if your husband can praise you my wife is a woman of prayer man you have come you have done it you have you have, you have, you have attained nirvana only otherwise you are just performing hidden you have a hidden life first peter chapter 3 do not let your adorning be external <laughs> and the braiding of the hair and the putting on of gold jewelry and the clothing of your uh, clothing that you wear but let your adorning be the what i love that the hidden person that person who is hidden he who dwells in the ah what place is that baba secret place of the most high no evil shall come and shall befall you a thousand may fall at your side 10000 at your right hand to whom not for the fellow who is doing publicity the person who is dwelling in that secret place so we looked at three what is that hitite spirit of fear gagshite the spirit of worldliness third amorite the spirit of what publicity and boasting fourth one and we know this Canaanite. This fellow, if you don't give him a chocolate, he will not do anything. You have to dangle a carrot before him for anything. What will he give me? What will he give me? What will he give me? Can I do this? Can I? I mean, is, I mean, I'm not saying that we should we should not give. Uh, look, God also does it. If you do this, 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 I will give you this. That is good. But we, like you know, that motivation is love, not just the reward. merchant always after gain even when he comes to church <laughs> he is always what is in it for me what naaki kada emanta what is it minister <laughs> i mean pastors conference also very interesting things happen they will come and they will argue with the pastor sir bjp here there soul full band i came late give me offering my goodness i was like having a heart attack <laughs> you see <laughs> i said how, how can you even say that why did you come for the pastor's conference gain 200 rupa ka gain kya baat kar raha yaar tu 200 rupaye but judas 30 the person who owns the whole universe the cattle on a thousand hills like everything he owns how much did he betray him for 30 come on thoda price increase kar lena tha thoda i mean he when he was with jesus slowly you know like pastor was saying yesterday no he was stealing left right and center in a broader plot what was his agenda to buy one plot what is a lot of people's agenda to buy one plot 
And what will happen to that plot? You will have a noose around your neck and you will fall and what will come out? Your entrails will gush out. And what is the place, place called? Akel Dama. Baba, Rakta Bhumi. I don't want that. Akel Dama. You are after the prophet for gain? You know, I, I need to ask, I, mean, I, I keep, keep asking myself, okay, why am I in the ministry? For gain? I mean, whatever you say about Kejriwal, okay, some of the statements are like, Main career banana nahi aya. Main career chhod ke aya. Mare kya bola? Kya baat hai? Too much. Too much. If some of our pastors at least can say that. Career banana ke nahi liya. Career chhod ke aya. Kya baat hai? Some of the dialogues that he makes, masi they are, okay? He knows the pulse of the people, no? Kejriwal. Always after again, because it's Banya, basically. No, basically, Banya. <laughs> Ezekiel chapter 33. Look at what it says about Ezekiel chapter 33. These are the people who love the prophet. They love the teachings of Pastor James. But what are they after? As for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you. Kya baat hai? Publicity kar Full publicity only. Beside the walls and the doors, oh, they're going to from house to house campaigning career. Everyone is saying to this to his brother, please come and hear the word that comes from the Lord. You think that these people are God, the most godliest people on planet Earth. So they come to you as people do, they sit before you as my people and they hear your words, but they do not do them. Why? For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts are after their what? Own gain. Other other translations will use the word, their own covetous desires. What did you leave for God? Even Peter, see, even they, when they left, so, God, we left this and that and this and that for you. What are we getting? They, they had a very clear agenda. This is our credit. This is our debit. It has to balance. At the end of the day. What is it, what is it going to be? So that I can balance my accounts. I lost all this. The fantastic catch. I could have started off Peter's Enterprises. But you asked me to leave and follow you. What am I getting? John's Gospel chapter 12. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for what? Eternal life. See that? There's the, the Canaanite spirit. Gain, 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 gain. They haggle with God. <laughs> Not for souls, by the way, like Abraham. Something else. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1. Let's move on. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, next spirit is talking about the. What spirit is this? Perizite. No, by the way, these are all there in our heart. They're they are not like one by one by one. They simultaneously exist and they coexist and they, are, they get along famously. They are very good friends. The Hittite is a friend of the Amorite. 
the Amorite is a friend of the parasite. And they support each other. And all the friends are the, of the Gurkishites because they love the world. Why? Because they have what we call as a parasite spirit. What is a parasite spirit? It is a spirit of a village dweller. You know, this is not a villager. No, this is not that, that kind of a villager. You know what village dweller means? The, when you go to village, example, when you go to the village, why do you love the village? Everything is slow. Everything is slow. Calm. Nobody is in a hurry. No, nobody is in a hurry. They want to go to their, they, they get up early in the morning, they nicely work in the fields, they come back. You know, my aunt, she, she was, she, she had a, um, fields, I mean, she's from Andhra, there's a place called Narsingapalli. When I was a small boy, she took me to her village and she had all Ganneka fields, no? Oh, I love that place. Full relaxed environment only, no pressure at all. Okay, everybody is at ease. What is that position? It is not this ease. This is ease. Soldiers ease Gadu. This is ease of the first order. I mean, they can, they are sleeping only. What is this? The one who is at ease. What is this person? A person who has, who is slothful, who has no self-control. His life is completely in shambles. The walls are coming down and is absolutely apathetic to the spiritual situation that he is in. He will not take warning because he is absolutely slothful. What is he? He is living among broken walls. He's a parasite. He's a parasite of the first order. I'm telling you, this is what we need to have. We have to have the spirit of that leper. That leper that we heard about last night, last Sunday. What did we hear about that leper? Why should we sit here and die? If you sit there, you will die. If you go back, you will die. At least go front. Go to the enemy's camp. At least a 50% probability of you surviving. Living among broken walls, they are at ease all the time. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 24. So I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man who is ward of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. What has happened to the stone wall? Broken down. Why? Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. And what is the instruction? Yet a little sleep, yet a little slumber, yet a little folding of hands, you know. Solomon uses very interesting language. He says, like a broken tooth in a mouth. Like a broken leg in the feet. So is a man who is unfaithful. Like a person who's, who doesn't, who doesn't like to be disturbed when he is sleeping. No, but like our children, my children, no? Get up in the morning. Get up, children. Cover their blankets and they get into a cocoon mode. Metamorphosis is happening. And the butterfly will come out after a while. And I slowly have to take that cocoon out. Slowly. And then they will start pulling it. Ka, ka, I have to get it out. He's, you know, it's very, I know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right, children? I'm very close to your heart, no? So they love ease. What will come? Social poverty. And what is the poverty a symbol of? Curse. God will never bless a lazy man. 
laziness, no self-control. This is what broken down walls means. No self-control. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit. In other words, he doesn't have self-discipline. He's like what? He's like a city It is which is broken down and without what? Walls. No self-control. So 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 will say, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, of love, and of self-control. Self-discipline. And one man, I mean when I was growing up, he said, Self-discipline is a free man's yoke. You have a yoke. What is that yoke? Free man's yoke. Self-discipline. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 1. The Hittites, the Girgishites, the Ammonites, the Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, and the, and the, and the next one is Hevites. Just one more thing and we'll, we'll, we'll be done. Let me just finish this. I'll give you a sumptuous seven course meal. Okay? Hevite. What is Hevite? What is Hevite? Casualness with consecration. What is that person? A Hevite is a person who's casual with his consecration. He's like, who? In the Bible. Casual with his consecration. Anybody knows? Samson. Casual about his consecration. What will he attack, what will we, what will he be attacked with? The Hevite spirit. What does it do? It steals your consecration. It steals your purity. It steals your virginity. I want to present you to one husband as a pure virgin to Christ Jesus. And what does it do? It steals your consecration. It steals your purity. That is the Hevite spirit. How do I know it? Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 34. Genesis chapter 34, verse 1. Now Dina, the daughter of Leah, whom she had born to Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. Kya casual visit. The daughters of the what? Of Jerusalem? Sisters who are praying? No, no, I just want to see the fashions. I just want to just go and sample. Kya ho raha par? And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the who? The who? The first time in the Bible the word Hevite is mentioned. What did he do? Prince of the country saw her, took her, lay with her, violated her. After that you see that Dina just disappears from biblical history. Why? The spirit of the Hevite who steals, wants to steal your consecration. Soul was strongly attracted to Dina. I love this girl. I love this man. This love. I'm telling you, you know, after several years in your life, when you meet all your high school student, students, college students, you no, know, you will thank God for the girl whom you couldn't live without. Because she's not in your life. That time, those days you wept with your friend, he said, I can't live without, girl, without that girl, Ray. She's my Janjigri, she's the Kaleja of my, of my life and all these things you said. Now today you see and you say, thank God she's not there in my life. All high school reunions, thank God I did not fall in love with this girl. I fell in love, I had a crush. What did you have? Crush. She would have crushed you. You were enamored by the beauty. You did not see that behind that beauty was the devil himself trying to steal your consecration. You were where? On Delilah's lap. Samson. 
can you please tell me, how can I destroy you? Openly telling. No, this is no hidden agenda over there. Like pastor was saying, Delilah was not playing with Samson. Samson was playing with Delilah. Delilah was very serious. Some of the people whom I'm telling you honestly, when I was a when I was a when I was growing in my teenagers, I looked to I look at this person. I mean, I'm not mentioning. I was thinking, man, this is the best girl. If this girl would come into my life, my life is set. Now I know what she's doing. She is now advocating for gay, lesbian, and transgender rights. Think about it. Steal your consecration. That is the reason why I let God pick your mate. Say that. Oh boy, very difficult to say, no? Very difficult. It's not coming out of your mouth. <laughs> let God pick your mate. Sorry. Pastor, you already picked. No, 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 Baba. In days of ignorance, God has winged that. I'm in a blissful situation. Huh? Let God pick your mate. Jeremiah wanted to get married. God said, Jeremiah, bad news. What is it, God? No marriage for you. <laughs> oh, Lord. After several years, thank God, I did not get married. Otherwise, I would have lamented for the children. I would have given birth to. Consecration. Be not. It has to come. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this has to come. It's not me who's saying this. Bible, if you have an issue and you want to contend with, go and contend with the Apostle Paul once you reach heaven. Okay. If you can uh, fellowship with him. Okay. But e, be not equally yoke, unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? And what does I- idolatry bring? What does idolatry bring? It brings a curse put to death these, these are the spirits which leave and they, they will compromise your consecration casualness with consecration boy it takes a lot of effort and time to get the anointing and to work on the anointing and it, it takes not much time to lose it you can just lose it just like that it's gone and after a while, you don't even know that the Spirit of the Lord has left you. Samson. The Philistines are upon you. They're gone. Last one. I want to end my this meditation with a Jebusite. And this fellow is there in your mind right now. You know what he's telling you? I don't like this word. I don't like it. This is too much. I can't take it. I want to put it in my under my feet and I want to stamp it. That is a Jebusite. What does he do? He stamps the word of God. Where does he exist? He, he occupies Jerusalem. What is Jerusalem? The place where teaching happens. He keeps you in perfect peace when, when your mind is what? Stayed on him. What does the Jebusite spirit do? It says, you know what? Don't come under the authority of the word of God. This is a spirit which undermines the authority of God's word. Which undermines the authority of God's word. 
And when you do not honor the word of God, God said through his prophet, those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me, I will also lightly esteem. And what happens in your life? Curses come. I did not say that. Look at what it says in Luke's gospel chapter 8. Luke's gospel chapter 8. While a large crowd was gathering and the people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. He was scattering the seed. And some fell along the path. Look at the detail over here. It was, what was it? What was it? It was trampled upon. And the birds of the air came and stole it. What happened to the word, seed of the word of God? It was trampled upon. You undermined the authority of the word of God. That is there. Now you heard all this. And now there's a Jebusite who's arguing with you. He's a messenger of Satan. Eh, all this is useless. Doesn't happen. Challenging the authority of God of God's word. Nobody challenges the authority of God's word, God's word and succeeds. Look at what it says. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And the devil comes and takes away the word. Why does he take away the word? Because you <laughs> stamped it under your feet. You, the Jebusite inside of you, undermined the authority of the word of God. And Satan came, takes the word, and before you know it, it's gone. It's forgotten. Seven spirits. And the last spirit is such a very, very important spirit. You have to guard your heart against it. You know why? There is no blessings for people who do not come under the authority of the word of God. It's impossible for you to be under the blessing. If the, if you obey my voice and do my commandments, all these blessings will pursue you and overtake you. But if you despise my voice, all these curses will also overtake you. So, the seventh fellow, the Jebusite, don't undermine, don't take the word of God lightly. Amen? Very difficult to say amen. I know. <laughs> but if you believe what you have heard, let's all stand up. Others can sit. In the, in, no, no problem, okay? If you only believe, only stand, okay? <laughs> as if I have a choice. You're saying somebody from someone of you saying, as if I have a choice. Sometimes you should, that is also better. As if I have a choice, God. I also, I always tell God, no? If I have sinned, I have done something knowingly. Knowingly I have done it. You know what I tell God? I have sinned, Lord. But I have done, there is no plan B for me. I am coming to you. You spank me. Do You do whatever you want. I am coming to you. I am going to sit at your feet. I am going to cling to you. You call me dog, pig, whatever. God is a, but I am going to stick to you. Doesn't matter. Because there is only one place. Anyada saranam nasti thomeva saranam mamaha. All the other places are useless. The only place which I can find refuge in is at your feet. So we can come to his feet this morning and let's pray and say, Lord, I will not allow anything to undermine the authority or the word of God in my life so that I can continuously and consistently walk in your blessing. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. Lord, when we see the reality of the spiritual realm, and when we see how serious you are about us and about our spiritual success and our spiritual destiny, we want to, Lord, repent of our casualness.
We want to repent of our indifference. We want to, Lord, become serious as you are serious about us. Lord, we don't want to undermine the authority of the word of God in my life. In in my life especially, Lord. I want to take it seriously. I want to attend to your words. I want to incline your ear to my ear to your sayings. I want to keep them in the midst of my eyes, in the front of my eyes. I want to give it my undivided attention and focus. I want to treasure them in my heart. And then you said, oh Lord, it will be life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. It is just not healing, oh Lord. It is health to all of us. And I pray, Father, we will just not be healed. We will be a people who will walk in health, walk in blessing, because that is the Abrahamic blessing, that we will be blessed to be a blessing to others. I pray, Father, that all of us, we will take this journey seriously. Even as we have heard about coming out of curses and into blessings, O Lord, I pray, Father, that we will go back to a deep search. Go back and we will sit with your spirit, with your word, and we will search in our own lives. What are those things that displease you, O Lord? We want to be serious and intentional. We know that the devil is intentional. Lord, we want to repent of our lack of intensity, O Lord towards the things of the spirit. I pray, Father, that each and every one of us, in the light of what we have heard in all these days, will go back home, take stock of the situation, will work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Because we know, Lord Jesus, that you have plans not to harm us, but to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future and an expected end. Even if we are in captivity, O Lord, some of us, Because you have allowed it into into our lives to discipline us. We want to say with David, Lord, it was good for me that I was afflicted so that I could learn your judgments. And Lord, we want to also confess with David and say, Lord, it was in your faithfulness that you afflicted us. Because, Lord, before you afflicted us, we went astray. We were doing whatever we desired to do, Lord Jesus. But because of the affliction, we came back to that straight and narrow path. And we want to thank you, Father, for the afflictions that you send in our lives. Knowing, Lord, that you have plans to prosper, not to harm, to give us a hope and a future and a desired end. I pray, Father, that all of us, in the light of what we've been hearing in all these days, we'll take these to heart. We'll walk with you. Just not be blessed, but we will be a blessing to our homes, to our church, to our communities, wherever we are. To that end, I pray that you would bless us all. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray, and all God's children said, Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest on, rest on each one of us and cause us to come out of the life of curses into God's blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic time of fellowship.